0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Three uh, issues legally we want to talk about to start off the show. One is Section 43 of Canada's Criminal Code, which states a school teacher, parent, or person in standing in the place of a parent is justified in using force by way of correction toward a pupil or child, as the case may be, who is under... His care, that's what it says, his care. If the force does not exceed what is reasonable under the circumstances, all right? So corporal punishment, boy, we talked about this for years, 30 odd years ago, there was a big debate about section 43 in the criminal code, whether it's all right for a parent or a teacher or someone substituting for the parent, an adult, to exercise corporal punishment on a child. And it is the law. That's okay. It's all right. As long as it's not excessive, it can't be to the face. And I don't think a child can be under two, which really is common sense, or over 12. But it generates a lot of emotional response. So we're going to talk about that with our guest. Also, the Supreme Court of Canada upheld mandatory minimum sentencing on convictions for a gun crime. And the Supreme Court, by majority government, uh, majority decision, said that it does not violate the Constitution. The minimal, minimum sentencing does not violate the Constitution, nor does it violate the Charter of Rights. So we'll get into that. And then this is the one I want you to listen to right now, and we'll have an extended segment tomorrow on this. You know the story of Jack Letts, a.k.a. Jihadi Jack. uh, Raised in England to a Canadian dad and British mom, dual citizen, although he's lost his British citizenship now, that was revoked, after he is said to have joined ISIS and then wanted to come to Canada. In 2018, I spoke with his dad, John Letts, about that particular situation, and we'll play you quite a bit of that interview tomorrow. But a Canadian court, federal court, as you know by now, has ruled that the Canadian government must expedite the entry to Canada of four men, and some women and children, but four men particularly were mentioned, who are being held in a Syrian prison run by Kurdish forces. And one of those four men, as you know, I'm sure by now, is Jack Letts. Now, I spoke to his dad about so many aspects of uh, of his son and his father's pursuit of getting his son into Canada. And here's just a little bit, a few seconds of what John Letts said to me.
1: The last 18 months, he said yes. Uh, well, they were hunting everyone, and, and anybody who kind of resisted them in any way. I think there was like civil disobedience kind of stuff. What I hear, I, I really don't, you know, I'm really not an expert on this. Mm-mm. And I think the whole story of what went on inside that, is yet to come out. Because I think, you know, the media has tended, well, there weren't any media inside, how do you know? And and it is difficult you know who to believe and, and what's going on and, and see all that.
0: So that had to do with, uh, with ISIS hunting, uh, Jack Letts. And whether uh, John Letts believes it is taking place or was taking place at the time, he also mentioned that Foreign Affairs Canada had been in discussions with the family about potentially getting his son, Jack Letts, into Canada. Now, again, because his citizenship has been revoked by the UK, he only has one citizenship left. This is Jack Letts, and that's his Canadian citizenship. Even though he wasn't, uh, didn't, uh, wasn't raised and grew up in this country, he was raised and grew up in the UK. But his only citizenship is Canadian. And so the effort is to get him into this country. Ari Goldkind uh, joins us, criminal lawyer and a media pundit, criminal lawyer in Toronto. Always like to hear Ari's points and thoughts on, on issues. Ari, thank you for the time. And I know the Let's story has got your attention. What do you What do you say about what the the federal court decided and where this thing stands now?
1: Yeah. So, Roy, just first of all, good afternoon. Let's go Hi. back one step on the mandatory minimums. Uh, The information you just provided is not fully accurate. The Supreme Court did strike down one minimum. We can get into why the other one they left alone, but there's some really interesting issues there, particularly as they would affect Western countries. You mentioned you're speaking to Scott Moe. This really comes out of some decisions in Alberta. We can get to that. The Let's story to me, Roy, I mean, I appreciate I'm here to provide some nuance. There's no nuance here. I think everything about it is abhorrent. I think it makes us a continued laughing stock of the world that we're trying to bring back this uh, young man who has absolutely no connection to Canada other than through his parents' papers. Uh, you leave this country, you go out specifically to join a group that wants to destroy this country and the good people in it, including all of your listenership. And all of a sudden, Britain does the right thing, which I'm surprised Britain did because they're weak, need, and broken, woke now. And this is his last hope, which is to come back to this country he has no connection to. And then a federal court orders not only that we try and repatriate these traitors. I'm not talking about the children, by the way. Uh, Roy will leave the children out of my answer. But the rest of these traitors, we're a laughingstock that you can lie on an application to be a citizen by saying, you know, you made a mistake on your criminal record or you made a mistake on your... You can literally lose your citizenship for fraud, but go out and join ISIS. Not only will our government fight to get you back and our institutions insured it, but the court also said some poor Canadian has to fly to Syria, Roy. I'm being serious, by the way. Some poor Canadian has to fly to Syria to ensure they get their papers to come back. It's ridiculous, and it's why we continue to be a dumping ground of the world and the laughingstock to much of it.
0: So, he has not uh, he has not admitted to having been a, a member of ISIS, and you'll hear that in his father's comments to me, but they go back to 2018, so he's not admitted it. So, the federal court has made the decision it's made, but Ari, provide us some context here as far as the court decision is concerned. Are you, first of all, surprised that the court decided the way it did, and what's the reasoning of the judge in layman's terminology?
1: Well, in layman's terms... Well, we'll go back a step. I'm not surprised at all. This is Canada. Everything depends on the vagaries of the judge. you get. That's why, Roy, and look, I'm going to digress for a moment, but it's important for your audience to understand how the sausage is made. And we don't talk about that, okay? You know, judges do not descend from mountaintops. Yes, I have the utmost respect for them. It's sort of Seinfeld. You have to say that, not that there's anything wrong with that. But look at the Supreme Court case we're going to talk about quickly well, a trial judge thought one thing, a court of appeal thought another. Mm -hmm. Then the Supreme Court thinks a total other thing. So back to the federal court question you asked me, no, I'm not entirely surprised. We're a country that cannot put our foot down. We're a country that doesn't believe in consequences. And the layperson's interpretation of the federal court ruling is, look, these people are sort of, you know, islands that we can't leave uh, alone. And again, You've got to separate the women and the children. And I don't mean the women who go out to fight for ISIS, okay? I mean the truly innocent women and children from these others, including women, Roy, by the way, that go out to join ISIS. One woman has actually very openly said, I went to kill, I went to kill, I wanted to kill as many people as possible in the name of my religion, but I was forced to be a wife and a concubine and bear children, so I wasn't happy. You know, when you have a federal court saying, well, this comes down to documentation and charter interpretation and the right to life, liberty, and security of the person, if this is what Justin's father intended in 1982, well, then you can finish the rest of my line. The the through line of this, Roy, is that this is a welcoming country and, you know, there's nothing these people can do that will sacrifice Canada's need to bring back its own, and there's nothing they can do, because remember we tore down Harper's uh, change to this. I'm sure you want to C6, tell your yeah. About yeah, that. yeah,
0: I remember That's that.
1: Right, you can tell your audience about that. But uh, uh, basically, there's just nothing these people can do
0: so long as they have okay. some tenuous connection to our country. One of the things, and I've argued against this for, for years. I'm not convinced that we do things correctly as far as judges are concerned. I think they should, in large part, be elected, not the Supreme Court necessarily, but other courts. And we've had debates and arguments about that on the on the air over the years. But we go from court to court. We go from legislature to court, from court to court, from court to court, court. and ultimately a case may wind up in front of the Supreme Court of of Canada, and then that decision stakes. But if you have dual citizenship. A country can remove a citizenship but if you have only one citizenship they cannot make you stateless. Well, mm-hmm. this country won't and that's why I'm Well, other countries don't country. either, you can't. Well, no, but many
1: countries you, you they'll
0: know they'll remove you one if you have them. two or more. But you, right. can't, be, you he, can't be you can't be you can't be uh, deemed you can't be officially registered as stateless if you only have one citizenship. I mean, you can go to prison, but they can't take your citizenship away if you only have one.
1: Right, but this is also a fight.
0: Look, I'm not I'm not siding with Jack Letts, understand me. No,
1: no, 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 I'm saying I understand that. But there's one thing to say he's not stateless. There's another thing to fight to get him back and to send somebody to go get
0: him yeah, back. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, my,
1: my goodness, Roy, I'd rather the attention spent on the 22% of people who don't
0: yeah. pay for groceries this month. Harry, you know, it also disturbed me. And just one person's view, when I heard in 2018, when Mr. Letts told me, that Foreign Affairs Canada had been in discussions with the family... And the intent then was to bring Jack Letts to Canada. The intent then in 2018, we're now five years down the road, and many things have developed since then.
1: May I say quickly, Roy, that nobody is saying we want to bring him home. Bringing somebody home versus bringing somebody to Canada because of their tenuous connection, that's a very different argument. It is.
0: It is. So let's talk about what happened at the Supreme Court yesterday as far as firearms convictions are concerned, and minimum sentencing. So my understanding is the court decided that a mandatory prison term is not in violation of the Constitution. And then there was another case um, where the court ruled that a mandatory sentence, and this was two distinctly separate robberies, is not in violation of Section 12 of the Charter So, uh, prohibiting uh, cruel and unusual punishment. What am I missing here? What does the story not tell?
1: No, no, that added the good addendum. So, this is a story that didn't get a lot of attention yesterday because of Memphis and body cam footage and a busy day. But this is a really important one, particularly if you're sort of in and around my city where crime is out of control, uh, where the TTC has become essentially a stabbing or shooting gallery, and it's open season on TTC drivers and such and you know carjacking is another robbery. So here is the deal in short. There has been a movement in parliament that doesn't get enough attention to do away with what are called mandatory minimums. Mandatory minimums are the public's way of saying, look, we want to be fair to convicted people, but if you do certain kinds of acts, we as a society think it's worth a minimum, not a maximum, but a minimum. For example, robbery with a firearm, minimum of 4 years. Parliament has come out in a whole bunch of gun and drug rulings, not that one, but said, no, no, we don't want minimums because it's cruel and unusual and it's unfair to certain races and religions and creeds of people in the system. The identity politics card, which we don't have time to get into today. The Supreme Court had two different issues, one robbery with a firearm, and then the other one was discharge of a firearm. They overturned the mandatory minimum on discharge of firearm. And wait for this, Roy. Wait, wait, because I'm going to set this up nicely for you. The whole idea is if you have a gun and shoot at somebody's home, you could be terrorizing them. And Parliament said a man's home is his castle, or in this day and age, a female's home or any of the other, that you can figure out the rest, is their castle. And we have a minimum for aiming that kind of firearm in. A lawyer came along, very clever one, and said, well, look, what if there's a paintball gun? The paintball gun, that bullet or pellet can't get through the wall of that house.
0: Yeah, and I've got one minute, I have one minute left.
1: Yeah, no problem. I'm glad you told me. So it would be cruel and unusual in case anybody ever used a paintball for them to get the minimum. Because there are these things called hypotheticals, the Supreme Court struck that one down and said, basically, as follows, I'll do it in 30 seconds or less. The judge has to come up with the right sentence if the right sentence is significantly less than the mandatory minimum, Houston, we may have a problem. The minimum may have to go, and we have to look at everything about the offender, including their Indigenous background, to find out if this year or two in jail for the use of a firearm is cruel and unusual okay. punishment. I think Canadians have largely ignored the story, but it's been interesting.
0: If you want to hear more...